Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me from across the pond is Matt Hudson from whatiwatchtonight.co.uk. Matt, how you doing, sir? I am doing very well today, my friend. I'm feeling a little bit crazy for tonight's film. I'm feeling a bit wild. Uh, hopefully the film is as good as our expectations were for it. But no, I'm, I'm doing, I'm doing really well. We are, uh, recording a little bit later tonight. So the stars are out. There's a twilight feel for me. I quite enjoy that. I've got a half cup of tea, uh, and I've got a mind full of thoughts for tonight's film. But before I even think about unleashing those to you all, I need to know, John, you know what's coming. How are you doing? Are you keeping Florida safe and well? Well, I'm not going to talk about Florida today, Matt. Instead, I'm going to talk about <laughs> something I am doing, though. Um, so I think I've talked about over the years my my background in music, but I haven't yep. really played music for like 10 years or, or might even be closer to 12 years at this point. Um, but my old band, uh, we started talking last year, really, about uh, recording remotely, like redoing some tracks and maybe writing yes. new songs together. But the problem is or has been I've not had a bass. Um, I sold all of my stuff years ago. Uh, some <laughs> of it was how that would be problematic. It, right. And I've, I've been like, I, at some point I'm going to buy a base and I'm going to uh, buy a digital uh, input for my computer so I can plug yep. right in. And, and um, I've been putting it off, putting it off uh, for one reason or another. We had a roof repaired. We had a, a bathroom remodel. So like yep. I've been spending money on the house and, and the trying truck. to be adult. Um, and my truck, uh, that, uh, you know, <laughs> good, good truck. She has lasted, uh, she's almost 20 and she's still hanging she's in there. Well. So, um, but she needs some maintenance from time to time. But, um, I finally bought a base. Uh, it, it's, it's supposed to arrive today. In fact, I, I went very cheap. I just was like, I just need something I can yeah, do for fun. Enough. It may not be anything too fancy. Um, yeah, I don't even know if it's going to go past just the initial phase, but my guitar player, uh, and good friend, uh, Craig, who's been a guest on my old podcast, uh, Top mm-hmm, 5 yep. Movies. I've been a guest on Music Musing before um, a couple of times. And uh, he is he's already written a couple of things. And then our old drummer, who I won't name drop because I don't know if he wants his name just out in the ether. But um, he's done a couple of drum tracks to these guitar riffs. And so I feel like I, I, I got to jump back in. So That's cool. I was... On the fence about it, I was really nervous. Uh, I have, like I said, I haven't really written music in a long time. But I got to say, when I finally made the decision that I was going to buy the stuff, um, as soon as I put the order in, and like sometimes you buy something and immediately, like I shouldn't have bought that kind of vibe. It was like total opposite, where I was yeah. like starting to write riffs in my head already and thinking through. Um, and uh, you know, some I think I'm at that point again where I need I need another artistic outlet and. Uh, I'm looking forward to getting it in. I'm I'm hopeful um, that you know it'll come back to me instantly. Um, like I've I've played guitar a couple of times over the years, but mm-hmm. I haven't really played anything um, big for a while. So I'm I'm excited to get it in and and plug in and and download the tracks um, and to try my hand at writing again. It may come of nothing, listeners, but I will say if. Uh, if we put these tracks anywhere, I will definitely let put links and let you guys know. Um, we want only positive feedback, of course, because you know we're just doing this for fun. Uh, well, of so, course, but you know, obviously, no. If you want to rip us apart, go for it. But you know, we're we're just casual musicians who we're doing it to uh, pass the time, essentially, and for a love of music, obviously, because we do love that stuff. Hey, well, look, the the BAMP socials might need a, might need a soundtrack, a royalty free soundtrack. So you may be coming in handy more so than you think. Do you know that that that's wild that you say that because um, last week 
just before my little one was unwell, I went to a shop over here in the UK called Anderton's, which is uh, across, it's a, a, famous, a pretty famous store in the UK for, for guitars, for, for, for musical instruments, basically. Um, for the same reason as you, not because I've been headhunted to play in a band again, God no, um, but because I, I, I miss playing guitar. I miss, I used to only ever write songs like, in my bedroom to myself and they'd, st- they'd stay for me, but I liked them. But sometimes I feel like just thrashing out on the electric guitar. I used to love just turning up and just riffing, just riffing about. And uh, mm-hmm. I went to play my acoustic the other week and I haven't played it for a long time. It's all dusty. It's out of tune. The strings are old. And I thought, and I, you know, I, was, I couldn't get my strumming down. So I got, you know, when you get really frustrated when you just can't, because uh, I used to, I've, I've been playing for about 20 years. I mean, I've, I, well, I've had the ability to play for over 20 years. There's been gaps in between where I haven't played. But because yeah, I haven't played for yeah. so long, I kind of, you get that frustration where you're like, I know I can do this. Why, why are my hands not coordinating together? So I got annoyed at that. So I, so I thought, no, I'm going to go to the guitar shop and I'm going to, I'm going to pick up a, I, I didn't get one, but I want to get an acoustic guitar because I've, I've only got short, fat fingers. I've got short, stubby fingers. So I needed to get like either three quarter one or one with a very thin neck so I can, you know, actually get my hands into the, the core positions. Uh, so I went to have a look and I was playing around with some really nice guitars. Most of them are out of my price range. Yeah. Uh, I, I also did that. the same. F- I did the same for the, for the electrics and I was just going to do what you did, which was get a, a decent price, a decent price range guitar just to kind of mess around in. And I've got no, except, you know, I've got no real desire or want to play in a band again. I just miss, I, I just love being like sitting in my room or having the headphones on and just noodling, just playing and just sort of, being able to play your favorite songs is was such a an awesome outlet and you'll know as well when if you're learning a song and when you finally crack it when you finally nail it what a feeling that is and then if, if you also write, write your own riffs or write your own songs it's awesome it's great even if they never see the light of day it's still a cool mm-hmm. creative outlet um i didn't get the guitar unlike you i haven't splashed out yet but i i really want to i just need to get a recommendation from the guys there of a decent priced one for my little fingers and john will be playing bass i'll be sending sending him acoustic guitar noodles and i'll say right bass me up and he can sing oh no i can't but i can (laughs) play the bass uh i can play the guitar too but um yeah i mean that's the beauty of it with uh when when i came up playing like recording remotely was not even a real concept within the like the studio system which now so many bands are doing albums that way you know like they're or i mean over over especially yeah, exactly. We saw a lot of that influx uh, online, but, um, but yeah, I thought I would uh, I would mention that at the top of the show because I'm I'm hyped. It could have been my bloody awesome, but I have something else to talk about for that, so uh, tease, I won't John. get into that yet. But you tease. We're not here to talk music, um, although <laughs> we are here to talk a music adjacent thing, kind of, because kind of cocaine there um <laughs> one of arguably the most problematic titles in <laughs> in in recent memory where like if a person hesitates at all on the second word it sounds like you're talking about something else entirely so we're here to I talk can't. about cocaine bear <laughs> tonight one of the most it's one of the most out there titles of the last few years of a of a theatrically released film i'm not talking about like mega shark and versus hur- hur- hurricane crocodile or something or the the new have you seen the 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 new thing that's coming out um the meth alligator because of cocaine bear <laughs> uh no. real movie that's coming out um uh, it's a real film that is it's going to be a, like a tv probably a sci-fi um you know release kind of thing but it is called <laughs> 
well crud hang on i have a uh i definitely have this image i have to find the image but um <laughs> it, it feels like it's coming right out of florida like it might as well be called florida man part two but it's uh <laughs> the studio behind sharknado is releasing a movie called attack of the meth gator i mean they don't um, ha- they don't hang about do they they do not no. hang about now, uh, someone in the comments of that post, I don't have who said it, but they said it should be uh, Methamphibian, and that would have been a really good name. So uh, hopefully yes. the studio sees that and, and takes action. But yeah. obviously that's inspired <laughs> of this movie, right? Like, it's like, oh, well, cocaine animal or drugs plus animal is going to be the new uh, B movies, right? Like, where you're going to take <sighs> a drug, put it in some type of dangerous animal, and then you've got a movie. There, It, it writes itself, you know it. right? Like, um. But this one, Cocaine Bear, is not your average animal attack movie because it is a theatrical release. It is a dark comedy. It's based on real events, very, very loose real events, just that a bear ate a bunch of cocaine in, a, in the woods and died. But yeah. we've got a pretty stellar group of people involved with this. We have director Elizabeth Banks, also an actress in her own right, although she is not acting in this movie whatsoever, unless she's in the bear suit. Um, she's <laughs> not. That's a joke. Uh, she is directing the, the, the cocaine bear uh, written by Jimmy Warden. Here's a cast. I did. I want this to be known, Matt. I did not look at the cast list before seeing this movie. I had seen one trailer, but I had not actively been seeking out like the hype for this movie, but I had a lot of students who were very, very hyped about this movie. And I think probably for the wrong reasons, but nevertheless, we have Carrie Russell who is often very good. Sometimes overlooked. She doesn't get a lot of film roles. She does a lot more TV, uh, but tremendous actress. Um, I was so hyped when I realized it was Alden Ehrenreich in this movie, because I thought his career was ruined by solo. (laughs) And I think he's a great actor. I love him in uh, hail Caesar. And uh, he was fine in the Warren Beatty movie that I forgot the title of, but it was, you know, mediocre at best. Um, it was his uh, aviator movie. Crap. What the heck's the oh, dude's name? Um, I can't think what it's called now. Um, yeah. It's, you'll come, it was, I know you'll come up with it. But Alden Ehrenreich returning to the big screen. And I think he's terrific in this movie. Um, the ever good, but often uh, getting bad roles. O'Shea Jackson Jr. Uh, yeah. Ice Cube's son. Uh, the last film of Ray Liotta's career. Uh, wild that i can say that about cocaine bear um isaiah whitlock jr uh brooklyn prince uh from the florida project and a couple of other movies but this florida project's her big claim to fame and i I Mm -hmm. think she's in an animated thing that's not bad um christian can margo martindale uh, one of the most underrated character actresses in the world she's so good and uh jesse tyler ferguson among a few other people who i didn't get through the whole list um but there's a lot of people in this movie, some of them barely in it. Some of them have major roles. <laughs> uh, and I, I buried the lead. There's of course a coked out of its mind bear. Um, that is a, is a female. We are confirmed multiple times. Um, yes. The synopsis in case you somehow slept on this trailer, you haven't seen it. An oddball group of cops, criminals, tourists, and teens converge on a Georgia forest where a huge black bear goes on a murderous rampage after unintentionally, and then intentionally several other times ingesting cocaine. Um, 70% rotten tomato. <laughs> I'd like to remind everybody that last week we reviewed Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania. It had a 47 or 49% rotten tomato score. So the low. movie about a coked out bear killing people sitting at 70% RT. Um, 75 audience, which is honestly, that's a wild close number together like i really thought the audience would be more into this movie i uh, agree apparently it's 
not as accessible as we thought. 54 meta score, that seems a little more reasonable. 6.5 IMDb user score, uh, 3.2 on Letterboxd. It's currently in thea- theater- theatrically released in theaters mm-hmm. only. Um, so I, again, had no real expectations of this. Um, I, I didn't know that in my screening of this film, I had paid for uh, audience commentary, but I had three people oh. sitting behind me very vocal about their thoughts on the film, what they thought was going to happen. It was a, a terrible experience. And yet I still enjoyed this movie. And I think that does speak to the volume of both Banks's talent as a director. I think she's very capable. I, I don't think she's an auteur, but I think she's uh, very, very able to tell a story, make it funny, um, knows where to put the camera to get some compelling shots. I don't, considering this isn't like, I believe it's in the woods for real. I don't know if this was all soundstage or not, to be honest, but there's not as much sweeping wide shots that you might expect in a film set in such a place. Um, or at least if there were, I, they weren't awe inspiring to the point that I remember them. And, uh, I also could have been distracted by the three guys sitting behind me to be fair. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I had a blast with this film. There were several moments where I was legitimately laughing out loud. Um, I thought it moved pretty, pretty well. Although I think it is around the two hour mark, if I recall. Um, just it, under, yeah. Yeah, it feels like it should be a 90 minute movie, but they, they, it never drags though. So I'm like, I'm not really complaining. It was just, if you told me, hey, Cocaine Bear, I'd be like 90 minutes. And if they're like, no, it's two hours, I'm like, what? Why? But I thought the story kind of <laughs> connected. Um, there's a few, you know, leaps. It's a few moments that are a little too predictable and it could have could have probably trimmed out a few things but um i think uh margo martindale and jesse tyler ferguson's interactions uh he's the the um auditor i guess of like the the safety of the the park and she's the park ranger like that whole sequence was really really funny um there is an ambulance sequence in this film that is insane it's probably the best action sequence and maybe the funniest sequence in the in the in the whole film um there's a couple of like i think the what should be more of like the emotional touchstone of the film doesn't really click in an emotional way that I think maybe they were trying to have in there. And maybe that's a, a symptom of ha- trying to have your cake and eat it too type of thing where it's like, this movie's a comedy. Don't bother to put too much heart into it. Like we, we get it. Like there's a parent and yeah. her kids are missing in the woods, but you're, I never really felt like they were the, the, push behind the plot of this movie. Like they're there. It's one of many stories. It should be this like, you know, life threatening kind of tense moment. And I never felt that. Um, maybe I, I felt like they were safe, you know, like it's one of those films where if we want every character to feel like they're in danger, I don't think the kids really ever felt like they were in danger and that's okay. But it also like, if you're using it for tension and then you don't make me think there is anything to be tense about, there's no tension there. So, um, but it didn't, wreck my enjoyment of the film i i thought it was really fun i think it's very well made uh i i would say for me it's like a four out of five and i would not have thought that uh especially when they said they were making this movie i was like okay what the heck but here it is um now the question is can meth gator top it probably Whoa. not but matt i'd like to know did uh cocaine bear uh well did it do it for you sir um for the most part yes it did um i, I also had a, a crappy cinema experience but that it, that's just the way it is now unfortunately it's just especially if you go to the later shows like i do it just seems to be populated with idiots but such is the such is the theatrical life now but um yeah i liked cocaine bear i didn't love it 
I will say that my biggest problem with cocaine bear was I just didn't think it was crazy enough. I mean, look at look at the look at the the poster for this. You've just got a bear like completely, you know, out of its out of its system. It's called Cocaine Bear. They've played up to the the nuttiness of the premise, of title, and the idea in the trailers and in the or market the rest of the marketing. But I thought you used the word safe, and I think the film was actually quite a safe film. Now. I know mm. there's you've got you've got blood and gore in it. I, there is, and, and this film does get surprisingly bloody at times. Um, yeah, and when the bear's on screen, everything's great. You know, this is this when the bear's on screen. This is what I thought it was going to be, like this bear just like stalking people and then you know having his way with them. But then everything in between that, I wasn't really as bothered by. You, like you mentioned, um, Sari Kerry Russell's character. Her relationship with Dee Dee, uh, Brooklyn Prince, and also Henry, yeah. her friend, played very well, actually, by Christian Convery. I like him a lot, actually. He yeah, was he's, very he's cool. great. Very charismatic little boy. Uh, little boy. Young actor, sorry. Um, I, you know, I wasn't really buying into the family dynamic. I really liked, I, and again, I really liked O'Shea Jackson Jr. I thought Ordinary and Reich, he is just annoyingly handsome as well, which just, he's just like unbelievably good looking guy. I thought they were really fun together. Yeah, um, I love their dynamic. They were good. Margot Martindale as this as this um as this kind of like horny park ranger, she was great as well. So everybody mm-hmm. everyone's really everyone knows the score, everyone knows the assignment, and they play up to it and they're great. But I just didn't really care about the characters other than outside of their kind of gimmick. Um and the drama that was being um forced upon them. Like, I really liked the, the, the cop as well. I think it's Isaiah Whitlock Jr. Two juniors in his film, O'Shea Jackson and Isaiah Whitlock. He was fun, but then there was subplots involved in a dog. I was like, I don't care about this. And then there's this kind of, and then obviously the, the, the mob angle and the, and the double crossing. I was like, I don't, I don't care about this. I'm not interested yeah. in this whatsoever. Just give me a bear eating cocaine and going wild, which never happened in real life. We must say that the film takes yeah. extreme liberty. So I'm kind yeah. of torn. I liked the characters. I, I found them funny. And I, I, I enjoyed their performances, but I wasn't really invested in their part of the story. That's why I felt the film dragged. Now, um, I thought the, I thought the the horror aspects of it were were pretty good. Especially, yeah, the ambulance scene was. Ex- I thought the ambulance scene was excellent, and even even the shot, the yeah. sequence in the cabin, in the ranger's cabin, I thought that was well done. Yeah. It's it's one of those films, John, where it's not. There's nothing inherently wrong with this film. Do you know what I mean? It's nothing. Nope. It's not. It's it's well shot. It's it's perfectly competent. Good performances for this kind of film. It's kind of like um, jacked up B movie. And the bear uh-huh. is the the bear did its job. It it was it was a murderous rampaging bear. But I just yeah, and it maybe looked it, pretty good. It didn't like look CG bad given the, given the budget, but may, maybe this is a me thing. But given the expectation and the way this was marketed, I expected the film to have been harder than this and been a little bit wilder. So I actually came yeah. out feeling like this wasn't crazy enough, which th- which then kind of left me disappointed. But in listening to what you're saying and in any kind of retrospect and hindsight now, I, I, it, I did enjoy this film. It didn't overstay its welcome. It, it, it did kind of start to jump the shark in terms of like the human aspect of it a, t- a few times, but and the, I enjoyed it. The thing is like this movie is set in the eighties when this actually yes. took place. And there's a lot that could be said about like the drug policies of Reagan and things like that. And the movie doesn't really seem like it wants to address it. Like it, it mentions it, points it, at it, doesn't it? Yeah. It points and right. sort of like nods towards it, but then backs away, which 
would be fine if it was super crazy. Like if you if you if it did what you said you wished it had, which would be mm-hmm. over the top, nothing but killing. Make it more like a real slasher film. Mm-hmm. Um which it definitely pulls from the slasher genre at times where like, you know, there's this monster looming and we are aware and you're, you're really rooting for the monster, right? Like in a slasher mm-hmm. film, you're rooting for Jason. You're yeah. rooting for Michael Myers. Or evil dead, like horror comedy where it's still kind of bloody and vicious, but you lean, yeah. you, you really lean into the premise. And I feel like they, they did at times and then they kind of pull back. They did. And, and that's where, it's fine if you want to pull back and actually tackle something like tackle yes. the drama that is inherent in the, the, the conversation that they allude to, but mm-hmm. then never yep. dive into. So it's like they're, they're, they're straddling the line and it's noticeable. And I think that's exactly what you're pointing out. And that feeling is that it's like commit to one or the other. And instead you're giving us this middle ground that it's not as fun or crazy as it could have been. It's not saying anything valid, like valuable or, or it's not adding to the conversation in any meaningful way. It's just fine. And that's what like, I, I, a lot of times when we say we see potential here, it's like something significant. It's like, well, this movie didn't need to have potential, but because you have a yeah. director who's competent and I'm guessing, I don't know much of Jimmy Warden's work as a writer, but he's clearly aware of stuff that he he alludes to what is relevant about this and those policies but maybe and again maybe there's stuff that's cut out or the studio is like oh no we don't want to bog it down but the some of the character interactions imply that they wanted to go more dramatic even there's some restraint uh, i think ray liotta especially even as an actor right he can be pretty big and over the top be big, yeah. and his character at times is like actually like sensible even though he's this kind of angry mob boss whose life is on the line, like he could have gone huge and been over the top and like, like a, like a supervillain. And for a lot of the movie, he isn't. And then suddenly he is. And it felt like a little jarring. I'm like, well, which, which is it? Is he like somewhat yeah. logical and just trying to just a guy trying to survive? Or is he like evil? Cause for a while he didn't seem evil. And then other times, yeah, he's clearly evil. And oh yeah, exactly. It, it it feels like the movie doesn't know, and it's like again, it's just straddling this line of like we want to be over the top and wild, but not too wild, and that's a but shame. We, we like all, go, go all out. Well, I think between the both of us, and I'll I'll, I'll pat ourselves on the back here. I think you said it very eloquently. I'll, we've that for people who may listen to say, guys, the film is called Cocaine Bear. How can you expect like a clever, intelligent film? But like you said, the, the film kind of posits itself in that way by by uh, making early references to the reagan years to the to the drug running to the traffic drug trafficking and even throughout there's kind of like little winks as is to say like look we know we know where we're set and so the film kind of almost tells you that it wants to do that and like you said it doesn't go hard enough um and like my thoughts were it doesn't go hard enough Mm -hmm. it doesn't go horror comedy and big like i i thought it would do and it doesn't and instead it doesn't become like a very kind of biting or clever satire or commentary like it almost as much tries to it does settle <coughs> for that middle ground now the middle ground is generally safe which means that if you get the basics right you've got yourself a decent film and that's exactly what i say about cocaine bear they get the basics right i think here you know they set the we, we can sit here and say well they didn't go hard enough or they didn't lean into the commentary enough they, you know, they they board it up. They, they they acknowledge it was there. In terms of going hard, there were some great scenes. There were some great sequences and lots of blood and gore in there. But there is, for me, there was always that disappointment that they didn't go 
harder one way or the other because the film yeah. threatened to do it itself. But this, this isn't exactly, um, and as you've seen as well, this isn't me or you sitting there saying, "Oh, well, they should have done." It's well, no, the film was beckoning me in with that allure early on, but instead, I got a very, a very fun little roller coaster ride. But my mm-hmm. kind of outgoing thought here is that a film like this should really be like a midnight showing at a horror festival each year where people, yeah. people come and watch it and go crazy. I don't think it's got that kind of appeal, uh, that kind of cult appeal, which I thought it had the potential to do. Potential. So. I, I enjoyed it though, JB. I did enjoy it. lots of cool performances and lots of fun moments. The I teach high school kids and the number <laughs> of movies that they are unaware of that are coming out is quite high. Like they're frequently like, oh, that's coming out. Oh, I had no idea. But they all knew about Cocaine Bear. Like that when the trailer right. dropped for Cocaine Bear, it was the the most talked about movie. I think collectively, every student like was excited about that movie because it's such a wild premise, right? And then how many people that I've told about this movie that are look at me like I'm making it up? I'm like, no, no, this is a studio released film that is coming to theaters near you. This is not like a B movie that's on Sci Fi. This is a exactly. legit film and so and that's like the fact that it's in that weird kind of middle ground is i think the problem right is that it's almost trying to be a four quadrant film and it can't be like the premise alone says this is not a four quadrant film like you have to lean into the horror of this because that's the whole reason to do it like if you were doing the actual story where the bear died and now we're investigating like traffic the bear um okay, that's a different movie, but Cocaine Bear, where a bear has done drugs and is now killing everybody, that's got to go full-on horror. And so there is a chance that the Meth Gator movie will be that. It'll be that extreme version of, like, Lake Placid, but on meth. You know, and, which, to be fair, it's probably going to be set in Lake Placid. Like, I don't know if you guys know about Florida, but a lot of people with meth. So... Oh yes, there it actually, is. Oh. Not not to spoil anything, but there is a TV show released uh, in the very immediate vicinity of this date, where uh, a co-host on another show, I'll save for later, said this: "This, you know, our, our Floridian friends will appreciate this." So we're very aware of of the uh, of the Florida folklore and fauna like, over here. To point out. Not okay with that, but nevertheless, uh, it is something that Florida is known for. So that's yes, yes. it. I think that's our review of Cocaine Bear. I don't think there's much else to say right um, here. However, no. However, unless I'm wrong, Matt, if you have something else you want to say, go for it. No, no, I was just agreeing. If I was, okay. like, I'm, I was just thinking, um, is there anything to say? But no, other than kind of rehashing the same stuff. We are going to have a very short spoiler episode. I can't imagine. There's not a lot of plot in this, guys. Uh, Matt actually gave more away than I would have. Um, but again, it's not a spoiler because it's just like mm-hmm. there's so there's this is one of those w- like woven together ensemble movies where you can tell they were filmed completely apart from each other, but they like the stories interweave at times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's not a lot to talk about in spoilers, but we'll have a, a quick spoiler episode where we'll we'll lay out some specific things that stood out to us, maybe get into some more specific kill elements that were really cool on screen. Um, that said, let's move to our next segment. Chopped headlines. These are movie or pop culture news that caught our attention since the last time we recorded. And I'd like to know, Matt, what headline grabbed you? Uh, The headline that grabbed me, my friend, was one which I'd noticed. uh, And then um, somebody I know called um, Jay Book sent me this as well uh, Mm -hmm, in terms mm -hmm. of the actual 
link. But my headline, this one's actually from Entertainment Weekly by Nick Romano. Uh, Yara Shahidi's Tinkerbell and Jude Law's Hook debut in Peter Pan and Wendy trailer. It's got a strap line of indigenous actress Alyssa Wapa Natak also appears as Tiger Lily. So we have a, a trailer for the upcoming live action film from Disney for Peter and Wendy, the first trailer um, that that came out. And uh, part of the, I mean, I was obviously I will talk about the quality of the trailer as well, but it goes without saying that as soon as the trailer dropped, John, as soon as the trailer dropped within 24 hours, 25,000 likes on YouTube. Guess how many dislikes on YouTube this trailer got? Have a wild guess. If 25,000 is the positive. Oh, uh, 100? 100,000? 132,000 absolute lunatics, losers, and, and just backwards idiots went to a Peter Pan and Wendy trailer to downvote it, and we all know down well why they went to down downvote this. Um, uh, Blackish and Grownish star Yara Shahidi is the is our Tinkerbell in this film, uh, and similarly to um, Halle Bailey as Ariel in The Little Mermaid. Uh, obviously, they're they're changing things Jesus up here. And people don't seem to people don't seem to like it. Uh, so you know, for those sort of for those people, just go, just 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 leave the internet. It's honestly, what you're doing with your lives. Uh, but the trailer has dropped, John. And uh, trailer wise, I was I, I thought the trailer was. <sighs> I think I sent to you the kind of meh gif back because I wanted to like it, but it just felt so Disney Plus to me. It felt so generic. You've got the you've got the Force Awakens trailer music pretty much playing in this. You've got that very slow piano, and it's even got the same kind of uh, epic drums going. I think it's even shot. I think it looks like it's shot in the same place that they shot the Force Awakens when they did the wood scenes on Takadana. And I'm sure that's Skellig Michael from The Last Jedi there as well. So Disney, Disney reusing some shots there, but um so the, yeah the trailer's out now and we've got uh the lost boys which are made up of lost girls as well uh which i'm sure went down well uh and jude oh, yeah. law's uh hook gets uh, a very quick appearance at the end uh peter Pla- peter pan is played by a young lad called alexander maloney and i the reason i picked this was firstly because it's a big trailer it's a big disney film for a big animated property turned live action now or animated disney story anyway um i'm aware that it's an actual story um but also because we've had so many live action adaptations in recent years which just haven't been great aladdin aside surprisingly uh that i wanted to give this one a chance and it's this this is directed by david larry which is what i would like to interject (laughs) oh no oh here we go here we go david lowry is one of my favorite working directors. He's great. I love everything he's done, including, and I want everyone to remember, he did the Pete's Dragon remake that was mostly slept on. Yep, that movie's real good. Um, and I think he gets one of the best Bryce Dallas Howard performances, period. I think he is, he is the reason. I've seen her in other things. I don't necessarily think she's bad, but I think she's great in Pete's Dragon. And yeah. Lowry has a sense of tone and wonder that so many other filmmakers are lacking. He will build intrigue out of nothing, out of silence. And again, that doesn't work for everyone. Um, I was at a critic screening of a ghost story and the dude to my right Uh, fell asleep. I don't understand that. But I, I 
love Lowry. In fact, I would, I believe that if Lowry and I met, we would be best friends. Like I feel like we were on the same wavelength. And so I personally (laughs) am the most excited for this live action remake than any of the other Disney live action remakes because of him. I, I trust David Lowry's sensibilities as a filmmaker. Um, I don't think, I don't feel like he is ever setting out to make a commercial film. Mm-hmm. Like some, some filmmakers have to, like they do one for them, one for me kind of thing. That doesn't seem to be Lowry's vibe. Lowry's been a guest a few times on the Blank Check podcast. I, I advise listeners, go to that podcast, listen to those episodes, hear Lowry, hear his love of the art and the craft behind filmmaking, and know that if anyone could make something artful from a Disney live action adaptation it is this man and i have all the faith in him and i think the elements of the trailer like if you isolate them and don't look at it as a trailer for disney plus but like jude law the way he enters the lighting in that sequence i think the the reveal of tinkerbell i think the inclusiveness speaks to the man that lowry is um that he's he's casting uh, you know, not just whitewashing characters and, and the problematic elements of Peter Pan are being addressed. I think that's Lowry's kind of vibe as a whole. He's just this really down to earth guy who's open-minded to the world that we live in. Um, his wife is Augustine Frizzell, who's also a filmmaker. Uh, and um, she's also an actress in her own right. Uh, both, I think, have a really strong sensibility of the craft, but I, I am... I'm convinced that this, despite a lackluster trailer in some ways, for me, I was just so hyped to see his work because it's been a minute since we, I mean, it's been Green Knight was his last film, which I loved. I think you also were a I fan of that. Yeah. And again, Green Knight, a hundred percent not accessible for everybody. People who saw the trailer for that movie thought they were getting a night action film. That was not what that movie was. <laughs> I, not again, at all. And I'm I'm willing to bet what we saw in that trailer is not Lowry's movie. Um, that that is Disney trying to get people to watch Lowry's movie. Um, and while Disney notoriously has their thumb on their filmmakers and auteurs don't always get to thrive under their system, um, I don't think that will be the case with this. I think, in fact, the, that it's coming to Disney Plus is probably a sign that it is Lowry's movie. And that they, it's, they're just like, yeah, yeah, we're going to put this one in Disney Plus because we've got Little Mermaid, which will be a Disney production coming out in theaters. So no need to compete. We'll just drop yours here. Um, Lowry is a small time filmmaker by comparison. And so I think I think he's fine with the streaming movie. But I, I do wish we could see it on the big screen because I, I, I do think he has a very strong visual sense. Um, but I'm hopeful for this. I'm, I'm probably one of the most hyped people because I am such a fan of the filmmaker. So. Uh, he has yet to disappoint me. Yeah, no, that was that was that was the point I was going to get onto. Is that the fact that he's directing it is the is I'm not going to lie. I've got to be brutally honest. It's the only reason why I'm going to give this mm-hmm. more of a flick of anticipation because I didn't. I just thought I just thought the trailer looked by numbers, but knowing that Lowry is obviously involved, he's the director and the co-writer as well. And I've dug pretty much all of his stuff uh, since 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 he's burst onto the scene i really enjoyed a ghost story really liked it i really liked the green knight um pete's dragon as well i totally agree with you it is underappreciated so knowing that he's on the film and what he can bring and the sensibilities he's had as a director and as a writer i'm i'm very excited to see how he how he blends that in with 
with D- the Disney style. We've seen many directors work with Disney, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. And when we we were, were saying before, how the hell is Guy Ritchie going to do an Aladdin film? But whilst that film isn't perfect, it is for me a lot better than quite a few of the live action animated films, which played it a little bit safer than that. Um, so the fact that David Larry is attached to this gives me hope. Had he not been, then you know I would have treated this like Artemis Fowl and just <laughs> watched it at Same. some point. But yeah, that 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 is the only thing at the minute that is keeping me on board. <laughs> However, I like you say I love the fact that we we're changing things up now. We're diversifying the the cut the characters here to bring a new uh, spin on them. I'm looking forward to seeing Yara Shahidi as Tinkerbell. Remember, this is a fictional fairy can be whatever the hell it wants to be i'm looking forward to seeing her performance i'm looking forward to seeing the kids in this as well because who knows you might have uh, a few of the next you know rising young young actors here but the trailer didn't overly sell me though i have hope because it is larry but it seems like you're more into this than i am my friend and i mean i think i'm ready to defend because i love lowry so much i I, lowry i think is one of the most like He's a clear auteur. I just don't feel like non-film nerds know enough about him. And I don't know if some of his movies are definitely not going to be accessible for for your average audience. But there are some that I think are Pete's Dragon being one. And I think that movie, I don't think the old Pete's Dragon had enough of a fandom that people like cared about the remake. Because I was like, whatever. I I don't even like the old one. Um, But I I really liked the new one. I was really into it when I watched it. And... um, you know, uh, Ain't Them Body Saints is not for everybody. I think Old Man and the Gun would work for almost oh, yeah, I anybody that. I duck that. if they give him a chance to see it. Because that's is it's a the premise is really cool. It's Robert Redford's probably his last movie. Um, tremendous performance for him. Uh, he gets great performances out of a questionable person with Casey Affleck. I know he's he's a problematic figure, although I think by comparison to many of the other problematic figures, mm-hmm. less so. Um, he's definitely not been completely removed from the industry like some others, but yeah. um, he gets great performances out of Casey Affleck though. And then uh, I just he just seems like a really chill guy. And um, I, I really hope people don't sleep on this movie just because of the trailer. And I, I hate that there's the backlash that it's getting is ridiculously stupid. But it's, it's, it's not surprising un- in the world it's that we're currently. So unsurprising. It's it's infuriating because I just can't imagine being such such a low life that i have to go sit at home and all i want to do all day is downvote something press dislike on something because of the reasons that everyone is so so transparently doing it for it's i just can't get my head around it but it's so unsurprising now but um it's not going to stop me watching the film you know what i mean i don't i, I, don't, I don't care for those people's point of view i'm still yeah. going to watch the film and i'll make my own mind up about the film if the film is yes. not to my taste and i'll happily say that but and the larry effect gives me hope same if if this film isn't good i'm not gonna just be like oh it's okay you know i will criticize i've criticized course, my favorite yeah. filmmakers many a times um but i do think lowry's one that so far i just i'm always going to be excited to see what he's doing until he suddenly stops doing good things but so far i have no reason to feel that way mm-hmm. i only have optimistic feelings because everything he's made has really clicked for me and my sensibilities um and I got to be real. Um, there was uh, a few years ago, there was a movie called Wendy um, that I also really clicked with. I, and I liked remember. a lot. 
And um, I, I had slept on that one for a minute and I, I watched it. I think it was like on New Year's Eve. I watched it mm-hmm. in like 2018 or 2019 or something like that. And both my wife and I really love that movie. And I know Peter Pan is like uh, like uh, Robin Hood. It's like King Arthur. We've got so many versions of this story at this point. It does feel unnecessary. But if the filmmaker has something to do with it and they have some kind of reason for making it, then yeah. there's potential there. Um, Utilize I, I like their creative of talent. Pan. Right. I like a lot of Peter Pan stuff. I, I am a fan of Hook. It's been a minute since I've seen Hook, but I like Hook. Um, mm-hmm. I'm obviously a Spielberg fan too. So obviously, you know, bias there, but um, I love the old animated. I used to have a, like a, a live action, like musical, like stage VHS. I, I can't remember um, nice. who played Peter Pan, but I, I love that as a kid. And the only, I never, I didn't see uh, the 2003 Peter Pan. I never bothered. I, I didn't hear great things about that one. I so. don't even remember if I saw that or not. I, I don't I really hold Hugh Jackman as, as Blackbeard. Oh God damn. Here it is. Yeah. I don't remember a thing about that film, JB. Um, yeah. I, I didn't have a VHS of a stage production of Peter Pan. Uh, I remember watching the, the animated one as a kid. It's, it's, it's funny because I mean, I, I, I love all those old Disney films, but I don't really hold any kind of real connection to them. Hook. I remember seeing that and uh, as a kid enjoying it. Um, yes. Rafi- yes. I, I really, really dug all of that. Rufio. That's a Rufio. That's not Rafiki. Rufio. Um, and then watching it again recently, I think I might watch it for a movie astrology in the last few years. And I thought, it's, yeah. it's, it's fine. But um, yeah, I'm, hopefully this one will be good. Look, I'm good. I'm, I know I've just said, uh, I'm not excited for it. However, I have also said Larry's involved. It gives me hope. I really want it to be good. I like Jude Law. I thought I, I, I really championed him as a, as a British actor. I think he's a really decent actor. So hopefully this one will be good JB and whatever anything it's given us something, something tasty to talk about. I, I don't know if your headline is, is, is any less tasty. Well, mine, it, uh, that's a good, I see what you did there. Um, ah. I have two headlines. These are two separate stories, but they are related. Oh, yeah. The first one is uh, movie theater food is headed in the wrong direction. It's more <laughs> of an editorial of a person discussing, um, I'm going to get the writer's name here, uh, like how we've seen a, a, a Rima uh, Peric. I'm, I probably said that wrong because there's an H at the end. I'm, I apologize. But this is from uh, thetakeout.com. Nice. And, uh, you know, we've seen a push for movie theaters like are having more real food options. Uh, obviously, that we've had the like, dine-in theater experience. But now at many theaters, you can get chicken strips or like burgers. Um, and they they don't have a, a place for that. Like it's not like a like you know you go to the Alamo Draft House. They have a bar designed to hold your food. These theaters aren't like changing their seats; they're just adding food. So she's making the argument that they're doing the wrong thing. Um, obviously there's something nostalgic about popcorn and soda, even if it's overpriced, but theaters are desperate for money. So they're trying to <laughs> pull you in any way possible competing with home. It's like, Oh, at home you eat a big meal. Fine. We'll give you a big meal here. Um, she has some fun recommendations though. And I, I thought I would read through her little bulleted list at the end of the article. Uh, she suggests nice. expand the menu if you must, but only add carnival food type items like funnel cakes or fried Oreos that, you know, those oh, things God that you yes. only get like at the carnival, those horribly unhealthy things that we all love in weird situations, yeah. which actually makes sense because the movie theater for a lot of people, it's a once in a, 
a wild type thing. So that would be a reason to splurge. Where like you, you can go get a, a burger a anywhere, or a bucket, and it's easy to it's easy to hold. You can sit here, uh, uh, but mm-hmm. man, if I, I I eat food and look, I, I'm not a mess eater, but goddamn, if I can't help but spill stuff down me when I'm sitting at a table with a knife and fork, give me a yeah, burger and in not a dark in the dark. So I can't <laughs> eat ice cream at the cinema for that reason because it goes all over me. Give me a burger or pizza and I'm screwed. Um, she says, convince the uh, Koch heiress profiled in the New York Times to front the cash for all movie theaters for a few years instead of doing whatever dumb crap rich people do. Uh, <laughs> get the government to nationalize movie theaters like they are the DMV. Uh, wow. Suggest running ads on Hulu that just say, wouldn't this, the thing you're watching look way better on a big screen? Um, <laughs> that's our attitude. Uh, this one's interesting. Drop a prize into every bucket of popcorn, like it's a cereal box, or Cracker Jacks would be this uh, another very synonymous thing. Like, mm-hmm. imagine you get to the end of the popcorn and there's like a little treat in a plastic bag for you a to have free ticket. Uh, ooh, a random like a gold ticket. Like, you know, yeah, yeah. there's only five. Uh, good luck. Um, and then the last suggestion is rob a bank to the that's to the theater chains, not to individuals. <laughs> uh, then, wh- so that was my article. And while I was scrolling through all of the uh, the headlines, I noticed. Uh, another sign of the theaters doing anything they can to make an extra buck is that AMC is introducing their own uh, take-home popcorn from currently only going to be at Walmart, but they have both microwavable popcorn and the pre-popped, like, cold popcorn that you get in a bag, like they have the Smart mm-hmm. Pops and things like that. Um, and that's dropping this, uh, uh, not this weekend, um, Oscar weekend. Uh, on the 11th, mm-hmm. it's going to appear as end cap items on, at some Walmarts. And then sometime in April, it's supposed to expand to just being on the shelves next to like Pop Secret or Orville Redenbacher microwavable popcorn, but with AMC branding all over. It. And it is AMC, the theater chain, not AMC, the network. Um, yes. Yeah, just yeah. for clarity. But uh, like here's an article talking about how the theaters are getting desperate and they're expanding their food menu. And then you see they're not only desperately expand, expanding their menu there. They're also conceding that, Oh, you won't come to us, but you still want our popcorn. Right. Um, <laughs> and you know what? I'm probably going to buy some cause I like popcorn and, uh, I, I do I don't want theaters to die guys. So if, if, if my buying their brand instead of pop secret will help keep theaters open, Maybe, you know, um, yep, so I, hear that. I don't know, Matt, I, I, I like that there are options. I can honestly say though, I've never ordered like the weirdest, nor- like food I've ever got at a normal theater. That's not like a sit down theater that's designed to have food is nachos, right? Like most yeah. of the time, if I'm getting food, it's popcorn and a soda. Um, every once in a while I get a nachos. I've never got a hot dog from a movie theater. Cause that just seems real sketchy. Um, and even like, I love pretzel bites. But I've only ever got those at Mugs and Movies, which are a theater chain that's no longer in existence here. It was uh, bought out by Carmikey, and Carmikey went defunct. But they were the early dine-in cinemas that we had around here. And I used to get pretzel bites all the time then. But that's still basically, it's nachos, but pretzels. It's just a cheese or mustard with a pretzel nugget, essentially. Um, I can't imagine, like, I've seen the chicken strips at AMC, like the normal AMC theaters, and I've considered it, like, especially for screenings where we're running late, and I don't know if I'm gonna have time to get dinner, but I always just end up getting the popcorn, because frankly, I like having popcorn at a movie, Mm -hmm. like, it it is, it's a, it's the oddest choice that ever could have been, because it is a loud snack, but it's so (laughs) ingrained in our culture at this point, like, not having popcorn, when, there are many times where I won't get popcorn, because I'm trying to watch my calorie count or whatever, and it's hard to not have popcorn. 
but I've never really desired to have a burger. So I think, I think she makes some really good points. Yeah, I'm, dude, I, I, I'm a, I've mentioned off air, I'm a creature of habit, my friend. It's almost OCD. If I go to the theater, I have to get a popcorn mm-hmm. and a drink, a soda has to, it's almost the same order each time. I may change the drink up every now and then, but it's just, like you say, it's a habit. It's just so ingrained in, in, in our movie, in our cinema going culture that that's just what you do. The, yeah, the weirdest thing I have had is it would be a hot dog, but I'm not never again because it went all down me. The uh, mustard and ketchup came out <laughs> the other end and well, <laughs> I didn't have a coat that day. So I had to go out covered in my own condiments. But, um, yeah, I'm, I, I, do you know what? I like the idea of, uh, movie theater popcorn at home as long as it tastes like it does from the theater, especially for Oscar um season but a lot of these kind of ideas to me when you were talking to me it sounded a, a little bit like it sounded like you're reading an article from the 80s or something where they're like oh let's get like let's let's let's, let's have burgers and fries in the theater and uh you can have you you know th- this it's like kind of like a fad like a gimmick have movie theater popcorn at home it, it kind of felt a little bit like that yeah that side of it i don't mind it though like you say if if, if it helps uh, keep if it helps put a few bucks in towards keeping these establishments open, which is what we all want. Then absolutely, uh, the idea of the, the, the I, I don't know the idea of food in cinemas is is always kind of a bit odd. I know they've got um, you have them over there and we have them over here. You kind of fancy dance cinemas where you've got your big recliners and like you say you've mm-hmm. got space for food and the whole point is you go there to have a drink and something to eat whilst you watch the film. Everyone who is in there is doing the same thing. It's it's like this odd collective meal out together. I get that's fine, but when I go to the Cineworld, I don't want to see I don't want to be frowned people seeing pizza and chicken with short strips and that because it will stink, frankly. Um it, and yeah. also I will they be as good as the ones I can get from a, any fast food joint or uh, or a recognised restaurant or something? Probably not. And will they be overpriced? Yes. So th- there's also that as like, am I? You know, I might. Think so you pay for it because c- it's kind of a uh, oh, it's, it's novel, but I kind of want to get what I pay for. Um, but I mean, over here in the UK, we have we have we have a in our cine world, it is kind of your standard. Popcorn, except it's not butter. Uh, nachos, uh, hot dogs, ice creams, Baskin Robbins. Uh, then you've got like your icy drinks, soft drinks. Uh, you can have beer or wine as well if you want. To, if you're over the age, you can take that in with you. Um, and I'm, I'm picking mix and stuff like that, like uh, candy which you put in a bag. I'm I'm, I'm happy with that. That that works for me. It, it's it is like that kind of carnival feel. Or when you're a kid, that's what I had when I was a kid. You'd have a bag of sweets, or you'd have a popcorn or something. Uh, for me i don't really need it to go any further than that i'd like them to have a few more options in terms of the popcorn but um however whatever helps keep them open for the time being it's good for me jp at the end of the day like the the popcorn deal at home yeah, that's good that that i would happily also like you if they did it over here i'd buy that if i knew it meant i could go to cineworld next month or the month after and it's not going to fold yeah but it's an interesting editorial though haven't read it yeah, I think it's worth checking out. Uh, links in the show notes, listeners. But with that, let's move on to media consumption. This is movie, TV, video games, music, podcast. Not popcorn, but the media <laughs> that we've consumed since the last time we recorded. Um, Matt, I'd like to know, sir, what have you been consuming? I've been consuming a few things, JB. In terms of in my ears, I've been listening to. I've been listening to this for actually for the last seven weeks, really. But um, HBO's The Last of Us podcast, the official. Uh, companion to the show it's hosted by troy baker who is of course joel oh. from the games and each week 
obviously it's pre-recorded, but each week he's joined by Craig Mazin, the showrunner and writer for the show, and Neil Druckmann, the showrunner, writer, and creator of The Last of Us. And they talk about the episode, um, kind of director or story beats that they added, why do they do it, the choices they made, uh, and stuff like that. It's really interesting. They're usually about 30 to 45 minutes, uh, and it's a really cool kind of look behind the scenes of how they created these episodes. So I'd highly recommend that. Um, in terms of television, John, uh, I, I know I should save this to last, but no, actually, I'm going to. Let's just go into films instead. I've watched a few films this week. The first one I watched was the unrated cut of Megan, which dropped on Peacock uh, over here in the UK, and I wanted to know how different is it. And the answer is not really very different at all. There's only yeah, about that's what I two and a half, yeah, two and a half, three minutes maybe. The they they released a um, a clip to promote this unrated version and it's the and it's the infamous ear scene in megan and that's kind of really ah. one of the main things that they added other other, other than a lot more f-bombs and there's, there's a bit more blood hit there's obviously a bit more blood in that throughout but you do and, and a few more angles of uh wounds but otherwise it's mainly just like curse words that's really what it is jb it's just a lot more f-bombs um so it's it's it doesn't make it any better is it is it a kind of fun alternative view yeah i i enjoyed it just just the same um films though the other films who which aren't unrated i watched a film called the park which was sent by a studio of whom i cannot remember but i know big tuna saw it as well because i saw he'd logged it on letterboxd and uh having spoken to him we were both on the same wavelength that this film not really very good uh, I, I i like the idea of this film the idea of this film is that there is a a an outbreak that affects only affects people who have gone through puberty basically so anyone over the age of what i don't know 11 12 13 get this virus and they die it's just instant death pretty much so the world is pretty much populated by kids and it's almost like a it's, it's not the last of us but it is kind of like that or the road where the idea is that kids just have to fend for themselves um and the the synopsis was that these kids have to protect this park this amusement park this old six flags that they live in from outside invaders so i was like okay that sounds like a kind of cliche but it could be quite fun so i, I, I yeah i'll have the screener for that man was it boring um it, it, it the the premise and that synopsis were very generous which is what i said to tuna i think they were very generous by saying it was an assault on this it wasn't some of the kid performances are the fine you know the performances aren't bad they kind of like vary from a little bit wint toe curling to not bad it's just boring it's only it's only about 70 minutes long and yeah you know, once it had finished i was like yeah like, this is a wasted opportunity uh, i haven't put my review out yet but i'll put something out but it wasn't that great it's called the park if you want to uh put yourself through 70 minutes of it um and on more wide releases i watched the new netflix film we have a ghost which was directed mm. by uh christopher landon i believe who did the uh happy death day films and he did freaky the other year as well very fun film uh i didn't like the happy death day films but it's his film I now and this i know you did the, see we were, we the, were first one, the first one the second one was just, we were opposite yeah, ends crap. for that one but um so this film is about a about a family it's um i've got well, i can't remember his name now uh, captain america i can't think of his name chris evans uh, nope the new captain america anthony mackie uh, anthony mackie yes he um he and his he and his kids move into a new home which is haunted by a ghost this is all in the synopsis trailer uh the ghost is played by um david harbour david harbour 
That's right. Uh, so they move in, and then the one of the kids kind of befriends the ghost, and it's it's like an entry level family adventure think kind of casper the friendly ghost kind of level and in fact this actually reminded me of casper i haven't done my review yet but the music in this feels like it was lifted straight from casper it feels exactly the same so they've wow. clearly gone for that kind of vibe and you know i, I enjoyed it i did i thought it was quite a sweet film it's quite a fun film it's not by any means a great film i i'd probably give this a seven seven and a half out of ten because it overstays its welcome by about 10 15 minutes it it gets progressively more silly as it goes on when it actually started as a really nice just like friendship story like a bond between boy and ghost but i found that to be much more compelling than where the story actually went but it ends nicely mm. and there's, there was one moment where anthony mackie has a great um speech monologue where it got me right in the feels man it really genu- genuinely did um he's talking about being a father so Good luck when you watch it as well. Um, it got yeah, me right, right here. Yeah, we we had the we had the tissues out ready, but but it was a good film. I enjoyed. It. I expected to, I expected it to be a bit ropey because Netflix film and all that, but it was okay. And I've seen a lot of people saying they quite enjoyed it. Actually, not perfect by any means, but not bad. Is that is that one you're going to watch? Do you think it was not on my radar? D- David Harbour's ghost does not speak. Right? Is that the that is correct? Yes. Yeah, that that seems like a weird choice, but um, I don't know. I'm not super convinced that it's something I need to see, so I may skip it. But there we go. Then, well, I watched. I've watched it for you in that case. Um, and the other film I watched was one that came out. I think it's Amazon Prime, no, Apple TV Plus. Sorry, I watched on Apple TV Plus last week, and it's called uh, this week. And it's called Sharper. It's directed by Benjamin Caron. Ah, uh, yes. And it's got a great cast, man. It's uh, Julianne Moore, Sebastian Stan, Brianna Middleton, Justice Smith, John Lithgow amongst others and i thought oh this this sounds really up my street it's kind of like a new like a, a neo-noir film about um con artists taking on billionaires and it's it's twists and turns and it, it kind of posits itself as this hitchcockian uh thriller it's an a24 backed film as well i was like this is going to be great and for parts it was but at parts it wasn't like when it by the time you get to the third act it, it kind of fell apart quite badly not okay not maybe not quite badly but it, it, it fell off the wagon the train departed the station for me at that point but i really really enjoyed the first third of this film really enjoyed the first film third when it's mainly kind of focused on justice smith and brown and middleton's character i thought that was a really really excellent stuff and then it and then he, when you get to the twists and turns some of which i didn't see coming and then by the time you get to the end you you know exactly what's going to happen and that's the problem with a neo-noir film or a twisty thriller, if you can see what's coming from a mile off before you get there, then the reveal, you know, the impact's taken away. And it's not me being a smart ass here. This is, you'll watch it and you'll see what you know what's coming. So it was a missed opportunity. It wasn't a bad film, but it, again, this is a middle of the road. I'd probably give this six, six and a half out of 10 for sharper, but uh, it had everything there for me written on the wall. But alas, the best film I probably saw this week was probably Megan Unrated, other than We Have a Ghost. Um, and for TV, I watched for today The Mandalorian Season 3 started today. So I watched Episode 1 of that. Uh, full thoughts you can hear over on Star Wars Sessions on our recap show. Uh, very quick, top-level thoughts. I thought I think I described it. This is a solid episode but it's it's an unspectacular start to season three of the Mandalorian gives you what you want. If you, if you're a fan of Mando, you get your greatest hits, but 
and it's very much setting up what's to come but kind of can't help but think mm, it's felt it felt a bit too foundation building for me uh but nonetheless i thought it was okay and then something i thought was very good was the last of us episode seven left behind we're getting into doc content now jb and i thought this was a really good episode i like how they adapted it i thought storm reed was very good in this i thought bella ramsey was also very good in this um great emotional gut punch of an episode as i've come to expect now but i know you saw it my friend what did you think of episode seven of the last of us and what else you've been checking out um i really liked episode seven um i think uh bella ramsey right that's her name yes sir okay um i i think she's been incredible as ellie and have uh only grown to appreciate her performance more and more and more and i think this one she really gets to shine um, I thought the relationship dynamic was really powerful. Very good episode. Um, I, uh, as per usual, listened to the blank check podcast. Uh, they just covered 28 days later. Um, yeah, really interesting episode. I, I texted you while listening to it because uh, I think David Reese was the guest name. Um, he exclaimed yeah. that 28 days later was a movie. He has seen more than any movie ever. And then he said six. <laughs> and this isn't in theaters, is it? No, this is ever, period. And that looks, especially to David and Griffin, who are uh, like us, What you have your comfort films that you go to so many times, right? Like, um, yeah. I mean, I've seen everything everywhere all at once four times. <laughs> uh, those are in the theater. Um, but uh, like my, like, and I'm, if I were to go back to like my childhood, Ace Ventura, Wayne's World, um, every Adam Those Sandler monsters. movie, pretty much up until uh, Waterboy, um, like there are, there's countless movies I've seen double digits, you know, and there's probably a sick number that maybe is close to a hundred. Like I've probably Wayne's World might be that movie I've watched Wayne's yeah. World so <laughs> yeah. many times. Um, and I'm then down. there's like the Encino Man and Hudson Hawks that I've seen also not, but like fifteen or more times easily because as a kid I had a VHS. And I would put the VHS in and I would watch the movie because I had like 20 VHSs. So if it was one of those 20, it got watched a lot. Like, I don't know how many times I saw Bad Boys and Men in Black when I was in high school. Like, those were go-to movies for me. Uh, Friday? Like, so I'm just hearing that at my was Blu-ray case over here and I'm like, I've got, I can pick. And this isn't to put the guy down because John no. will probably explain what the reasons, what we kind of deduce from it. But I mean, I'm not got La La Land Annihilation just in the last year. I've probably watched it more than six times. The Force Awakens, I've got, I mean, I've seen that more than six times and since it came out. Oh, um, God, I didn't get into Exorcist. Star Wars. Yeah. The Exorcist, John, I've seen that. Well, I, like, yeah. like, as you know, sometimes I watch it before work to get in the mood. Ghostbusters, all those kind I mean, of films, man. I'll say, it, it didn't make me think he was the weirdo. It made me worry that I was the yeah, weirdo. Exactly, you know? yeah. Freak. Um, like, like what is, why did I keep rewatching the same things? Uh, <laughs> and I've heard that, like, like I've heard something that it, it's a sign of crazy that you watch, rewatch or reread the same content. I'm like, well, then a lot of the that. world is crazy folks, because a lot of us do re-listen to those things. I won't deny, I get obsessive even with music where I like, I will listen to the same song too many times until it, I'm burnt out on it. But you know, and I, lately I have not done that with movies very often since I started book reviews because I've been actively trying to watch things I've never seen before. That's what we said, wasn't it, to each other? Is I'm exactly yeah. the same as I almost feel bad now revisiting old films because I think, well, I kind of want to watch what's coming out now to not even to stay ahead of the curve. It's just I'm just I'm always interested in what's new 
Um, and it is nice sometimes just to go, do you know, no, actually, no, what I am going to put on Wayne's yeah. World. I am going sometimes to put on need that. Ghostbusters. Yeah, you do need it sometimes. Yeah. Well, it was, was something with that too is like, um, like I like to try new restaurants, but sometimes you got to go with an old faithful that you know you're going to get the good meal, yes. right? Like some days are worth taking risks and other days you just need to know that you're going to be satisfied. And that's where I think like rewatching things comes in. But uh, n- no offense to the, the, the guy on the show. It was a good episode. I definitely recommend if you haven't listened to the show that you finally listen to the show, people named Matt. And um, so uh, movie wise, <laughs> um, I saw uh Jesus Re- Revol- sorry, Jesus Revolution. Uh, my wife had been really waiting to see that one. Uh, we went to see it. It is one of those examples. Christian film gets a bad rap because so many of them are only concerned with their message and not with the delivery in which the message is being made. And unfortunately, you get a lot of like kind of home video vibes or you get like uh, Hallmark kind of, you know, mass produced content in the Christian genre. Uh, Jesus Revolution is by the guys whose names I do not know, but they've done the top tier ones, including American Underdog last year. The story of, um, oh boy, the quarterback whose name I just, Kurt Warner, um, which is really good. Zachary Levi plays Kurt Warner. It's underrated uh, Christian film for sure. And these guys have, they they at least seem to have seen movies. So they're able to give you the Christian message and also in a movie that is well made. Uh, it's It's not oscar necessarily worthy but it is in it, it's a very very well packaged uh movie versus many of the other ones that feel cheap or uh you know badly acted like the cast here is really strong uh one of the better kelsey Grammer performances i've seen in recent years mm-hmm. um i thought overall good movie um though if you dive into the true story about some of the people in the movie though there's some troubling stuff uh so i'll say that but i think the way this the the message of the film is very positive and very uh it's based on a true story but it's you know it, there's some problematic things that i think should be addressed that the movie definitely buries over like they're like no nope, we're not interested in the bad stuff just the good stuff and it's like well cool i'm for that but if it's under the guise that you should listen to these people then I want to know the truth too. You know what I'm saying? So like, it's worth diving into that folks. But um, I think as a positive movie though, it's a, a, a good message about like learning to accept people for who they are at a time when a lot of people aren't yeah. doing that, especially if you went to click the down button on the Tinkerbell uh, thing. Um, I've been uh, slowly working through Spike Lee's filmography over the last couple of years. I've seen most of the big ones, but there's a few that I had not. And I finally jumped into school days um, which is quote unquote, his musical. I think Shyrock is more of a musical to be honest than uh, school days, but there's a, there's at least three musical performances um, fo- focused on Tisha Campbell, which she's great. But I was a little disappointed because Giancarlo Esposito is in this film and he does some musicals and he's not used as the <laughs> musical part. And Come I was on. bummed. Um, maybe he wasn't into being a, a musical guy in the eighties, but man, if you haven't seen, uh, him do musical stuff he is a really talented guy so i was disappointed that he wasn't utilized in that regard um but it's Spike Lee. it's a good movie i definitely say check out school days um i got to see a uh our our theaters i don't know if um cineworld's doing this map but the regal side the u.s version of cineworld Mm -hmm. uh we're getting mystery movies on occasion yes we get that yep 
we had one on Monday, and it was the new film Champions, the new uh, Fairly Brother. It's not Fairly Brother. It's Fairly Solo Brother. I forget which one um, off the top of my head, but uh, it's his new movie starring Woody Harrelson, uh, where he becomes a basketball coach of a team of intellectually disabled. That is, I've, I've not really heard that term previously. It's what they say in the movie, which I, of course, immediately started Googling. Is this the politically correct term? Apparently it is. Um, so I'm saying that if I'm wrong, please let me know. I do not mean to be offensive. I'm trying to use the correct phrasing, but, um, he's coaching an, uh, an intellectually disabled basketball team. Mm -hmm. Yep. And obviously Fairley's known for having a deft hand, uh, with how they tackle sensitive issues, sarcasm (laughs) being thrown hard here. Um, Yes. Not untrue. Uh, I, there are definitely some moments in this film where you're like, oh, no. And I didn't know this until the end of the film, but this is a remake of a Spanish film from a couple of years ago. Um, that I don't know if that film has the same problems this film has or not. I like Woody Harrelson in almost everything. I think he's great in this. Uh, this movie, though, feels like it's never seen a sports movie before because it fails at every major element that you would expect in a film like this. And there are tons of examples of these movies. I mean, The Mighty Ducks being the one that I am the most in love with. I love the Mighty Ducks, and I love everything yes. about that. But you have this formula where a person who's never would never be expected to coach children finds themselves required to coach children, and or at least you know people that need to be uh, handled with a deft hand. You need to have patience. You need to have love and compassion. Um, and Woody Harrelson's character one isn't over the top, which I actually appreciate because I expected him to be like this horrible person that has to this big redemption arc. He's like just a little bit of a jerk who makes a mistake. And you're like, oh, well, that's kind of tame. That's nowhere near as severe as I thought this would be. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, the movie is really like just disconnected and disjointed. And there are good parts, but everything doesn't gel in ways that it should. And again, it does feel like he didn't study any of the films or he had studied them and decided he wanted to try to break the formula, but didn't know how to replace the formula. And so you're left with just like fragments of stuff that feel kind of disconnected. Um, I wouldn't say it's a bad movie, but it definitely, you can, if you've ever watched any of the films like this, um, there's a Martin Lawrence one called rebound that I thought was really good when I was mm-hmm. younger. I haven't seen it in years. I mean, you could argue school of rock has a similar formula, except it's with the band instead of a, a sports team. Um, and this movie just like throws all of the the stuff you expect. Like there's almost no training montages. The team's just suddenly good. And we don't like know why. And it's like, that's the good part of these movies. Like <laughs> the training sequences are the fun parts. Like, what are you doing? So I was a little disappointed that it, it missed that. I do think it mostly handled the, uh, the subject matter better than I expected it to, but there's still some moments where you're like, Oh boy. Um, you know, rolling of the eyes type, like, uh, did he have to say the R word? Did, yeah. did it have to be in the movie? Um, and it was, um, and then lastly, uh, my review for this will be on disappointment media next week, but stonewalling is a Chinese film. Uh, it's, it's good. It's going to be out, I think in, on digital next week. Um, it's not great. Uh, it's not bad. It's very slow and a long, like two, two hours and 30 minutes. Um, I was like, really struggling at points to stay focused on it but i think it ends pretty strong and there's a lot to take away from the film i do find sometimes my knowledge of other countries is so lacking that i don't always understand that the uh the messages that they're 
they're saying because I don't know enough about the subject to begin with. Um, and I found that very true with this film where I'm like, I'm having to Google stuff. Like, is this the case in China? Is this what happens in China? And obviously not all that's easy to verify, but um, it's very much like a 20 something, like how do we live in the world right now at yep. the age of 20 in China specifically? Like, cause there's some very specific laws and rules about being a female in China and the, the options that are available to you. But I think it's, it's interesting and contemplative and um, the style of filmmaking, I think is very unique. So I think it's worth checking out if you're a fan. Yeah, okay. Uh, Champions is one I was looking at because uh, I've seen the trailers and I wasn't quite sure what to make of it. I know Ernie Hudson's in it. Um, Winston Zeddemore. Kind of. Um, kind of. And I, we've got a, there's a, they call it a, I think it's like Cineworld. I don't know if they call it or secret screening as well, but it's the same thing over here coming up in the next maybe few days and lots of people are getting excited thinking it's <laughs> wrongly thinking it's fast x or something like that fast 10 they're not going to release fast 10 six weeks early for for Cineworld card holders so it probably will be champions as well over here uh the last one was hatching which is very cool but um i imagine it will be champions as well but i, I mean okay the question then for you john before we move on about champions is it worth actually going to see um, I definitely, if you have a regal pass, it's not, it's not like bad. And I think some people will enjoy it more than others. And again, there are some really good scenes in it. And I, I like Woody Harrelson a lot. I really, yeah. really do. So his, his screen presence always really seems to work for me. Um, I like his, his sense of humor and his kind of, um, I, I was worried that this was going to be like some of the, um, bad performances that he gives where he's like way over the top. Yeah. Uh, almost like Hamish in the hunger games. I think he goes a little big at times. Uh, I like him because I think it fits in that movie, but I also think it's like a big performance at times for him where he's going, he's leaning into it a bit much. Um, I think he's pretty reserved here. Also, he really seems to love basketball or at least the basketball movies that he has done. And there are at least three. One of my favorites is white man can't jump. I love that movie. I've always loved that movie. And I'm a little disappointed that Wesley Snipes doesn't show up in this film. Uh, I was like, I'd love a cameo. It would have been a cool co- call, but uh, throwback. Um, he's, I think semi pro is better than people give it credit. And it's mostly because of Woody Harrelson. Um, although I also find Will Ferrell to be so hilarious in semi pro. Um, and then champions, I think Harrelson is good here. I think there's some good scenes. Uh, there is a couple of topics that I think they address pretty well. Um, and then again, it's, it's just lacking in that, overall consistency so okay yeah i was looking at it like i don't know if i want to go and see it or not but maybe i'll if it comes on to some kind of vod maybe i'll leave it till then yeah i mean if you have the unlimited though i would say it's worth your time kind of thing you know what i'm saying like if you're not dropping any additional money it's worth just checking i guess it is a little long it's like two hours and four minutes and it it definitely does not need to be that um it it doesn't really drag per se, but again, it's already feeling disconnected. And then it's like, okay, you know, like we could definitely speed this up a bit. Yeah. Okay. Fair dues. But folks, that is pretty much our show. But before we leave, Matt and I like to check in with each other to make sure we're doing everything we can to keep our bloody awesome levels at optimal performances. So Matt, I need to know what have you done to stay bloody awesome this week? Uh, well, this week, like I say, last week was a bit of a write-off in terms of doing anything. Um, so 
come Monday and Tuesday, I had to work this weekend as well. First time back at work in ages, so I didn't really get a weekend. So Monday and Tuesday comes, I have the day, they have those days off, and it's always a case of what do I do? And most of the time, I spend so long thinking of what to do, I don't actually do anything. But this time, I got up, got ready, went out at about eleven a.m. to um, I, I, I don't know what I'd the kind of the comparative for United States is, but. It's not quite a national park, but something like that. And just went for a big walk. I did about 16,000 steps or maybe a few more. Um, just went for a few hours, just put my headphones and just went for a walk and just got out and just, ch- and just chilled and listened to the music I wanted to, um, sat, sat down on the, f- sat down in the fields when it was a quite, quite a nice day. I just enjoyed it. And I know sometimes we say that on the show, like sometimes it's nice just to get out, but I was out for ages, man. And, um, it was just quite nice just to, kind of walk without any real kind of idea of where you're going just thank god for google maps and pinpointing but um it's just nice to get out and we always say it's good to take care of yourself and look after your your own um your own mental health and it's quite nice just to get out and just go for a walk and just kind of just unwind after what for me has been a, a, few, a busy few weeks so pretty much that was it for me my friend is just getting out and i did the same on tuesday to a lesser extent uh just getting out walking about and just kind of easing back into normal life and just sort of also at the same time alleviating some of that just like life stress which builds up on all of us um so yeah getting out and about and clearing ahead a bit my friend that's good man uh, you gotta do that sometimes you gotta like so, you know get the fresh air and the vibe so i alluded to mine earlier um i have uh i don't yeah i've not been to a concert since the pandemic Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, last year, K Flay, K period F L A Y, who is currently my favorite musician, yep. um, came to Florida and I, I hesitated, hesitated, and then didn't buy tickets. And then I regretted it for weeks. I was just like, man, I should have gone. Who knows when she's coming back now, right before the pandemic, my daughter and I saw uh young blood and we, we're, we really wanted to see grandson, but grandson was the day after. So it would have been like back to back concerts. And then he was like, well, grandson's supposed to come back in a couple months. And then the pandemic hit. So canceled. Right. So we didn't get to see grandson. Now grandson's my other favorite artist. I've uh, K Flay and him have co- collaborated a few times. I love their music. Um, they announced yesterday that they're going on a small tour of May and, and April, uh, May and June uh, in the U S and they're coming to Florida. So I bought tickets uh, and I am so hyped because not only do I get to see K-Flay, I get to see Grandson and together, which means they'll probably do their collaborative songs also, which is super awesome for me, who is a fan of both. Um, And it's in a a venue that I've actually played on the stage. I opened for Seven Mary Three there and I opened for Nonpoint at this venue. Um, So it's a venue I'm super familiar with and haven't been to in a long time, but it's a really cool venue. So I'm even more hype because I get to return to a place that I haven't been to in a while and see two artists who I really enjoy their music so much um, all in the same weekend that I bought a bass. So it was a good kind of, you know, bookend to this episode. I talked about music at the beginning and how I'm saying bloody awesome is I'm going to go see two of my favorite artists live for the first time. I feel though I'm going to be one of the oldest people there because I don't think I am their target audience, but don't worry about that. You know what? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm into their music, so I appreciate what they're doing and, uh, I look forward to seeing them in a couple of months and supporting them. I'm glad they're going on tour together. And, uh, uh, he just had grandson just had a new song drop this week. So we're hoping for a new album in a few weeks or months. Um, so yeah, I'm excited. I can't wait to go. It's May 22nd. I get to go see them here in Tampa. 
Yeah, not long to go, my friend. I haven't been to a gig uh, yeah since. Uh, oh, I went to a I went to a kind of ska punk gig a few months ago. That was just a local thing, um, but I haven't been to a been a proper big gig since before the pandemic. So that uh, man, I love a live gig, whether it's big, small, local, or national. I love live music, man. So uh, I'm really pleased for you that you're actually going to get and the and you're getting to see um, an artist who I know you've enjoyed for years because you sent me some of the songs yeah. and I dug them. Actually, I did dig those songs. So that's going to be very cool, man. Yeah. Not long to wait either. I've been advocating for both K-Flay and Grandson a lot because I feel like not enough people give them a chance, and I just think they're incredible. Um, if you've seen any of the DC movies, unfortunately, uh, but fortunately, they both have been on a lot of the soundtracks. Um, uh, Rain from from James Gunn's Suicide Squad is like one of my favorite songs. That's Grandson, and it's just fantastic. Uh, recommend. Check them out. Um, nice. That said... Next week is a big week for this because there's a huge movie dropping this weekend. Creed 3, directed by Michael B. Jordan. At least in my head, this is a big movie. I, I feel like it's not getting the, the attention that it probably deserves. Um, partly because I think Creed 2 is a little lackluster in the trilogy, but Creed is a masterpiece of a film. And yes. uh, Michael B. Jordan, not only stepping back into the role, but directing for the very first time this big uh conclusion assumably a conclusion because trilogy seem to be what we like uh it's hitting theaters this weekend we will be back next week to talk about creed 3 i actually saw it a week ago and i'm going to tell everybody now go see it it's Dude, real good i was supposed to see it i think I, t- I told you off air i was due to see it on tuesday of this week before it came out um up in london thanks to uh the guys at universal is it universal or warner whoever it is warner um but I, I, I'd arranged to do something literally minutes beforehand, which I'd rescheduled. So I couldn't, I couldn't just be like, "Oh, yeah, uh, you know that thing, you know that thing like we've all just agreed to." I now can't do it again. But I kind of took solace in the fact that when it comes out in two days' time in the UK, and it will be free as well, or three days' time, and that will be free. So you know, I save money and I get to watch a film I'm looking forward to. Second film didn't do well for, uh, commercial, like financially either, but dude, I love those films. You know, I've mentioned it before. I love the Rocky films. I love an underdog film. I love a boxing film. So I've got high hopes for this man. Michael B. Jordan, uh, Jonathan Majors. Yeah. Give it to me. Yep. And Tessa Thompson. We have uh, yes. Killmonger versus um, Kang and uh, Valkyrie hanging in the wind. So, um, you know, at, at some point, I think every movie will just have Marvel people that we can reference uh, <laughs> yeah. characters from, but, that's it, folks. That's our episode. In the meantime, we'd love to hear from you. We'd like to know your thoughts on the movies or the, or the show. It's, so you can hit us up on social media. On Instagram, we are at Bloody Awesome Movie Pod. And on Twitter, we are at BAMP underscore podcast, B A M P underscore podcast. And we're still on the Facebook. So if you want to hit us up there, you can just search Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. Um, we are a uh, Rotten Tomatoes approved podcast, so you can see our reviews. Uh, we affect that tomato meter. It sounds like we're giving Cocaine Bear a positive, so fresh from us. Um, but who knows what the future holds for other movies? Keep an eye out for Let's that. See. Individually, you can follow us. I'm at BurkeReviews.com and at BurkeReviews on all the social media platforms. Matt, where can they find you? You can find me whatiwatchtonight.co.uk or just search for what I watch tonight across all the so- socials, including Letterboxd. And if you like what we're doing here at the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast, we ask that you just take a moment and give us that five-star rating on whatever podcast catcher you use to listen. It helps other people find the show. And with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies. And stay bloody awesome. Blood, 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 bloody, blood, blood.
blood, 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 Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 